This podcast is part of the Red 5 Network. For more Red 5 Network podcasts, visit red5network.com. Welcome to Ice Flame. Join us on another Star Wars adventure. Punch it, Chewie. Welcome, welcome to another week of Ike Slam and another Star Wars adventure and super excited to be with you guys again this week and talking some more Mandalorian as we started talking about last week. And so it'll be, we're going to have another guest on this week. So our guest with me this week is Thomas Slaughter. So how are you doing, Thomas? I'm doing pretty good. Excited to be here. Awesome. Thanks for having me back. <laughs> yep. Um, and so you guys are newer to listening or didn't catch that episode. I think that was back in, well, when was it, September? Yeah. That you were on? September, maybe. Yeah. I know we recorded it in August. So, yeah. So probably, I think probably September there you were on. And we talked about Thrawn. Um, and that was a super fun episode. And so as we talked about back in September, Thomas is my brother, uh, one of my two older brothers. Um, he's the middle of the three of us, but, um, so the, and I invited him to be back on it and plan is you're actually going to be on again next month, right? Yep. I don't yep. know what we're talking about with that time, but <laughs> no, well, uh, yeah, I haven't quite got there either yet, but, uh, yeah. Um, so that'll be fun, but uh yeah so we got so this week we're going to talk about more mandalorian and we're going to talk about specifically um bo katan this week and kind of dive into this is dive into who bo katan is and then also kind of do some speculation and talk about what we hope to see for her as we enter season three of the mandalorian coming out and actually from this date just over two weeks away um so it'll be really close when we get there so march 1st here coming up so um as we get going here thomas um first off i i I gave you a couple uh parameters on which character to choose but um as you chose bo-katan why um what for bo-katan kind of stuck out to you as a somebody you want to talk about from mandalorian well, when I watched The Mandalorian, that was the first time I'd ever seen Bo-Katan on screen. Like, I, at that point, I had never even watched The Clone Wars or... Uh, Rebels. Rebels. And so I honestly, I didn't even know who she was. So for me, it wasn't even, like, at first that exciting. I was more like, who is this person? She's kind of crazy. <laughs> but I just thought she's, like, super cool and... At that point, I was new to most Mandalorian stuff, and that was kind of interesting to see. Like, like we knew the Mandalorian. What's his name? Dinjarin. Yeah, we knew him, but this was like a new Mandalorian, and I was like, "Who is this? It's pretty cool." So mm-hmm. I don't know. I just thought it was cool to like see another Mandalorian type person, and I don't know. She seems pretty tough and pretty cool and pretty scary sometimes. Yeah. So, I don't know. She just caught my attention as being someone important. Because I, I was thinking about it just the other day, and I couldn't even... I was trying to even remember, like, when she came into The Mandalorian. But I think I looked it up, and she came in just during the second season. Yeah. Not the first season. Yeah. Um, so, she's a little more recent on the show. So, I don't know. She just seems pretty cool and pretty uh, 
tough and scary, I guess. I think I already said those things. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, and yeah, I think it was interesting because and you brought up an interesting point there, just like with like she had come in until season two and like during season one of Mando, we didn't really get I think besides maybe a couple of flashbacks, we didn't really see any other Mandalorians. Um and so she was probably the first like current Mandalorian that Din meets in Mando season two as they go about um well, I think that's when they met the frog people and all that there on that whatever planet that was. But um so yeah. Uh but yeah, as we can would you be up for giving me a little bit of a just a introduction slash background to who Bo Katan is? Yes, I will try to do my best on that. So okay. I was looking up just her uh, her stats on Wikipedia, we or Wikipedia, not Wikipedia. Because <laughs> um, I know I thought sometimes you did that, so I'm gonna go yeah. for that. So, um, Bo Katan, actually, full name Bo Katan Chris. Is that right? Uh, Chris. Uh, Chris. 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 Yes. I don't know. <laughs> um, Chris, or maybe Chris, but that's like her her clan name or family yep. name is from house or clan crease, which is, I guess the houses and clans are kind of a big thing in Mandalorian culture because mm-hmm. Mandalorians are very loyal to their houses. So she's part yeah. of that house and that clan. She's a human. She's a female. This, okay. I don't know if you've ever talked about this on here, but she's, it says that she is five feet, 11 inches, which I thought, wow, that's pretty tall. Hmm. So, that's interesting. Not I did not know that. Warrior, but she's pretty tall and she can yeah. outreach you. Um, she has red hair and green eyes and light colored skin, according to this. Um, <laughs> the one thing that it does not say on here, and then I was like kind of wondering this because I feel like you mentioned this a lot, is like how old she is. And I did a little research and we don't know how old she is. That's interesting. The only, the only speculation that I read, which I didn't do a lot of research, was that her first appearance in clone wars Mm -hmm. already like an established mandalorian warrior and her first appearance is as they said that that her first appearance she's probably like mid-20s so if that's if she was in her mid-20s during the clone wars they said she's probably at least i want to say 50 she's at least 50 in the mandalorian tv series yeah so that's older than I thought or what I expected. It seems surprising to me, but mm-hmm. I don't know. So I don't, they don't, she actually doesn't have a specific birth date. We don't know, but she's about 50 in the Mandalorian. Uh, so I guess that's kind of all the basics about her. Uh, the other thing that I thought was, that I think is important and interesting is that her sister is the, the team who is the, uh, Duchess of Mandalore yep. uh, during the Clone Wars. And yep. it's just interesting because their back well, their backgrounds, but their political views are very different. But maybe that's mm-hmm. getting more uh, some of what we're gonna talk about a little bit. Yeah, later. yeah, yeah. But I guess Bo Katan aligns more with the uh, radical Mandalorians who are more warrior like and mm-hmm. and wants to follow the or uphold the warrior kind of history of Mandalore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Did I miss anything? Is there anything I should add? <laughs> no, yeah, I think that's a good good starting background. Oh, actually, I just thought of one other thing I want to add that I think is yeah. her background. Not about her. I can't remember the lady's name. Did you know? Did you know? I just learned this recently. Oh, I've lost it. The actress who plays Bo-Katan, her name is Katie Sackhoff. Yep. She, do you know this? I don't know. She Well, she plays Bo-Katan in The Mandalorian live action, but she's also the voice of Bo-Katan in The Clone Wars and Rebels. But that was pretty uh, interesting. Sure. Because one thing I remember, I think Brittany, my wife actually said this, when we first were watching Mandalorian, she said, wow, how like the... Uh, the voice. Not the voice, but the, the way she looks in live action looks really similar to mm, yeah how she looks in animation which yeah. i guess i don't know maybe maybe when they made the animation they made the because i mean she appeared in animation first yeah wherever live action so i don't know if they i would be interested to know did they make the animated bo-katan look similar to the actress on purpose hmm. but maybe, not. maybe that was just an accident or maybe they just took the actress and made her look a lot like bo-katan <laughs> i don't know yeah i don't but know thing i don't know I don't know of anyone else who's done that. That's done the done the character in done the voice in animation and the, live yeah. action. Yeah, I don't know, there might be others, but I don't think like Anakin, Darth Vader's certainly not like that. Mm-hmm. And Ahsoka, I don't think is like that. Nope, because that was kind of a big deal because they with Ahsoka is because that was actually talked about a lot and that didn't happen. So yeah, that is pretty unique. I didn't actually realize that. So yeah, interesting. Other thing I just looked up, I was actually just looking up um, <clears throat> Katie Sackhoff there, and she is. I was just, I was like, hmm, you just said the Bo Katan was five eleven, um, according to Star Wars universe. I was looking up how tall um, Katie Sackhoff was, and she's it, apparently she is only five six. So a little bit of discrepancy there. <laughs> Not the, uh, th- those are just details. Nobody really cares that much, I guess. Yeah. But um, I was like, that's interesting. There's yeah. a decent height difference there. So <laughs> I can't tell on the screen. Yeah, that's true, right? Yeah. And they have those boots on that probably add like three inches. So There you go. She is 5'11 with the boots. Yeah. <laughs> and the helmet and everything. So, yeah. So, um, yeah, I think that's a good start. And, yeah, so and you mentioned that. Her sister is Satine, um, who is uh, at one point the Duchess of Mandalore, and is, which there's a lot that just happens. She, um, and she kind of comes to, and you mentioned also that she was more of this like warrior type of, uh, holding up more of the Mandalorian warrior side of things versus what Satine was trying to do with being like a pacifist and very peace um, during uh, this idea of peace during the Clone Wars. And so like, that's a very interesting um, thing that we see in this and how that, like how those two fit together um, as sisters uh, have definitely different views. Um, and at one point, I think the other interesting thing as well as like, she at one point is a part of death watch um initially and so if you guys don't know what death death watch is a sect of the mandalorians who during satine's rule kind of made their own sect and they 
um, really stuck to the Mandalorian warrior ways and wanted to fight and kind of um, they were against the government that Satine was running on Mandalore. And so at that point, so, uh, so Bo-Katan was a part of that. Um, and then she actually stepped away from that as she saw more of the, um, I guess evil or, uh, bad things happening within death watch and came to her sister's aid, um, not too long before Satine dies. And so she kind of comes around later, still keeps Mandal- like the Mandalorian warrior side of things, but definitely has more of this, um, more of this uh, understanding of not being so hardcore um, as like Death Watches. And so I think that's also like an interesting how she comes around to that. I think we'll get into this later, but I also think this that could definitely be something that we see play in and play out um, in season three of Mandalorian, uh, specifically as we, and we'll dive into that a little bit later, but like. I think that'll be interesting to kind of tease out a little bit. Yeah, well, you're talking makes me think of a question that's semi-related. In the Mandalorian seasons we have so far, it, yeah. doesn't it mention how, I always feel like I should say his name, but is it Din Djarin? Is that right? I'm yeah, Din Djarin. Doesn't it mention that he is a child of the Death Watch? Isn't that what they say? Is that what they call him? Um, I don't, does, does it actually say he's a child of the Watch? Or... A child of the Watch, maybe? I don't know. I guess I was just wondering how, because he, I don't know. I get the vibe that he's not, a, I get the idea that he's not as old as Bo-Katan and want to have the same yeah. experiences. So I was just wondering, I guess I'm just still a little confused of like how he fits in with the Mandalorians and is he yeah. part of Death Watch? Um, that's a little bit of a unknown right now. Um okay. And something, and I mean, we can just go ahead and dive into that. So I think, well, we don't have to. We get you can say no. Let's little. go ahead and go for it. Uh, so I think with Din um, and how the role he plays. So he's considered uh, what's the word? A not a. It's not a youngling, but a. Uh, oh, what's the word they use? Basically, the idea behind it is. He gets adopted into the Mandalorian society. He got adopted by the Death Watch. So he, he like he he himself, I think the idea, like his parents are not Mandalorian. But I he is like adopted. Cause if you remember the scene in I think it's season one, uh, I think partially we get some of these flashback scenes when the armor is like making Din's armor um, out of the best car. And we see him in this, like, um, I'm trying to think what it's called, like a, I don't know, not a foxhole, but like a um, yeah, safe like, safe place thing. Like he's in the some kind of basement or something, kind of. Yeah, yeah. yeah Where I he's, know. like, supposed to hide. And, like, I think the, um, so then you see these Mandalorians come and take him and kind of save him from all that's going on with the Clone Wars, because um, we see B... B2 battle droids um, as part of that. So we know it's during that time frame. So can we assume or know that that scene you're talking about is like the Siege of Mandalore? Or. No, I don't think that's a Siege of Mandalore. 
I think there must be just something else during the Clone Wars that took place that the Death Watch group was acting on. Um, And so... I don't really know how he became part of Death Watch necessarily. Yeah. So those Mandalorians that rescued him were Death Watch. Okay. So you see like the Death Watch symbol on their armor when they come to rescue him. Yeah, and I don't know what that... I mean, I know they worked... Death Watch at times worked in league with Count Dooku and Separatists during the Clone Wars, and so I don't know if that had, would have been something in that ballpark exactly. I don't know exactly what that exact flashback is, to like what planet or anything of that nature, but I think that's kind of... Well, the assumption is that he's in Death Watch. Um, yeah. or he gets brought into that as... But he doesn't really know better. Um, is kind of the, I, I think, um, I think that's at least where a lot of people see that going is that he doesn't really know better that he's in Death Watch or, um, he's under that, uh, type of, that's what he got brought up in. So I don't know. Does that make sense? Yes. I think it does make sense. It okay. helps me understand why I'm somewhat confused because sometimes I feel like a little confused on like his background and like where he came up because because in, in the mandalorian like when he met bo katan like they had not met before mm-hmm. early, so they didn't know about each other yeah which was a little a little surprising i think i don't know it just i get the vibe from watching the clone wars and watching rebels that like man like most mandalorians know who all the other mandalorians are like you know who the different houses are yeah so it's i don't know maybe it's not entirely surprising but it's just interesting that they didn't they were both mandalorian but they didn't know each other yeah and it also i mean depending on when all that took place it also could be after a lot of mandalorians are kind of spread across the galaxy and things are and so he just ended up not being getting to know the other mandalorians and that sort of thing as well um, and so I think, I mean, cause especially if you look, so you have like the siege of Mandalore, um, and then you have what's called like the night of a thousand tears, um, or the, which is also known as like the, what is that? Let me make sure I get these right. Yeah. You have like, so you have the siege of Mandalore and then you have the occupation of Mandalore. And so, so, like, Siege is, like, during Season 7 of the Clone Wars when you, you have Maul kind of that's the lead and Ahsoka and Bo-Katan are going uh, with Rex and them to get rid of Maul and the Death Watch and pre and all that. And then <clears throat> the what would be, like, the Night of a Thousand Tears or the... Um, like imperial occupation is when in rebels when they release that the weapon that destroys Mandalorian armor and Sabine has a play in that um, from rebels and that idea of like it just destroys the whole Mandalore culture and people as well as destroys kind of their planet um, is seen to be kind of in shackles at that point as well. So I'm. I'm glad you said that because I definitely in my mind was thinking that the Siege of Mandalore and the Night of a Thousand Tears 
was the same event. But yeah. that's what's in my mind. I think my problem is <laughs> I think my problem is, is when I was watching Rebels, I was trying to watch it super fast and I just was all like a blur. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. And so yeah, that all gets kind of confusing how that like uh, the different time frames of that. I think I got that right. I could have messed that up. But um, so that, and I think that's the other thing that's confusing. But well, the interesting thing also with Bo-Katan is that she is, she has been through all of that. Like we see Bo-Katan and the Siege of Mandalore when they're trying to take down Maul and the Death Watch and kind of reclaim Mandalore. We see the Imperial occupation and how she walks through that with Sabine and um, the weapon and all this stuff that um, kind of destroys Mandalore at that point as well. And so, like, there's this like it's very interesting to see that side of um, like she has walked through all this and has seen all this. And so, I think it's like it'll be a very interesting perspective that she brings into Mandalorian season three um, with, especially with some of the scenes we've seen in the trailers and things. It makes me think we're going to get some, I don't know what to get some uh, Mandalorian, a lot more lore to Mandalore. We'll get to see where Din comes from exactly and kind of answer some of those questions. So I think that'll be interesting. Um, to say to see that as well so yeah i guess i don't know if we're thinking about season three but i I know i've seen the trailer and now i can't remember much about it but i guess somehow like as we're talking about this it makes me feel like this this tv series mandalore the mandalorian i feel like it's kind of i don't know opening up to a bigger picture because i feel like the first season for sure was mostly about like you know Dinjar and the one Mandalorian, yeah, know, uh, being dad to the <laughs> to baby Yoda, yeah, and Grogu, and now it's kind of shifting focus onto more, man, or it could shift more onto Mandalorians as a whole, and um, Dinjarin's kind of role in that. Or yeah. Potential yeah. yeah, and I mean, that's impre- that's kind of what I feel like they're going to do, which I kind of hope they do, um, just because I think it's a, yeah, it's a, I think they kind of like, I don't know, I feel like the Mandalorians deserve a uh, good um, coming together type of a thing and like them being a people again and um, like them kind of figuring out, I think, I wonder if Din, I, I get the impression that we're going in the direction that Din is going to be the one that reunites them um, and kind of brings everyone back together. I mean, as last we saw, we see that Din has the Darksaber, um, which is supposed to be kind of the mantle that is held by whoever leads uh, Mandalore. And so uh, that is, I think, like going in that direction, we'll kind of see how all that goes. So, um and go from there. So with that said, we're going to take a short break and then we'll be right back with you. And we're going to talk probably more specific speculation with season three of the Mandalorian. We'll be right back with you. (music) 
All right, we are back, and we're going to talk Season 3 of The Mandalorian and uh, go from there. So um, as we get going here, I'm going to jump back in and say, hey, Thomas, what were you going to say before I cut you off there? Oh, um, <laughs> well, so I don't know where we're going with this conversation. Yeah, just go for it. <laughs> well, I was just thinking, I was trying to do a little bit of research, even though you told me not to. But obviously, I don't have nearly as much knowledge as you do. But um, with Din Djarin having the dark saber the one thing i was remembering is that or remembering that he won the dark saber in battle from mm-hmm. moff gideon moff. yeah which according to mandalorian customs ways that that's the only way the dark saber can be passed from one mm-hmm. to the next like you yeah. can't just give it to somebody yeah i feel like because they're going back to Bo-Katan, at one point she was in possession of the dark saber. I think during the Reb- Rebels series, Is that right? Rebel, I thought maybe Clone Wars, or maybe Clone Wars. She, she was, was in possession of it at one point. I, I what I thought I was doing my read in my research was that she didn't actually win it. It was just like given to her, so that mm. her rule of Mandalore was. Uh, like some people question or some Mandalorians questioned it because they're like, well, you didn't actually win this dark saber or like yeah. win a battle. You were just, it was given to you, which I don't know who gave it to her. I can't, that part's fuzzy in my mind, but it just makes me think that with this Dindaran, like having actually won the dark saber and actually having, he'll have the respect of all or most Mandalorians. So I feel like he does have a good potential to unite Mandalorians. Yeah. His, char- his, his character of who he is it makes you feel like that's not something he would want. Like, I don't think he's going out to like be the leader of all Mandalorians. Like that doesn't really feel like yeah, who he, he what he would want. Mm-hmm. But maybe he'll come to this moment of like, you know, moment of destiny. Like, Oh, maybe this isn't what I want, but this is what I've been born to do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like Definitely. And uh, go back to so actually it is during Rebels that Sabine gets the dark saber, um, and she is actually given or not Sabine, uh, Bo Katan gets the dark saber and she's actually given it. Uh, she's given it by Sabine. Um, so Sabine and Sabine wins it in combat. I'm pretty sure from Clan Vizsla, and then um, the then she gives it to. Uh, Bo-Katan because she sees Bo-Katan as a better person to unite um, the uh, Mandalorian people. And so that is where that's coming from. So yeah, you're right on that. Okay, that sounds that sounds familiar as well. Yeah. So, yeah, and yeah, I think you're, you do make an interesting point there because I think you're, I would agree with you. I feel like Din's not like He's not out to like, I want to rule Mandalore or I want to do this or that. And I think also like, I think the interesting thing too, is I think Dan is also trying to figure out like, when you think of like Bo-Katan versus Dan, like Bo-Katan knows the ways of the Mandalorians and she grew up in that and she's like, that's all she's ever known where like, yeah, Dan got brought into it, but Dan's also been part of this like, the part of the death watch most likely and so it's also been interesting to see like because i think in season two when 
and this is brought up, I think, even in season one, but when, like, he doesn't take his helmet off, like, and then, like, he kind of freaks out or, like, and thinks it's crazy when other Mandalorians take their helmet off Mm -hmm. because he feels like they're breaking the uh, creed. And so I think that's also, like, how all that plays into that is interesting to see, like, Din's also kind of learning in the process of learning Mandalorian culture. Um, so, I mean, he has what he grew up with. He has what Bo-Katan's saying. I mean, you even have, like, Ahsoka's point of view in some of this as well, because she has some familiarity and has contact with Din Djarin. And so I think all that, like, Din's also trying to figure out what it means to be a Mandalore, because I think he's starting to realize it might be different than what I thought, um, in which at the end of season two, we see him take his helmet off, kind of for Grogu, but also I wonder if that's a step in the direction of maybe realizing um, what what all is going on and trying to figure out, hey, is this Death Watch part of the Mandalorian actually what I want, Mandalorian's actually what I want to be part of. And so I think that might be like part of that as he figures that out and learns more because I feel like he's in this stage of learning about Mandalorians outside of the Death Watch. Yeah. Well, the other thing I was just thinking is you said that he, he himself may not have had Mandalorian parents, or maybe we just don't know. Yeah, I don't think we know for sure, but... I was going to say, I wonder if that would be a strike against him, like if he has the Darksaber, but other Mandalorians are like, well, you're not you're not a natural-born Mandalorian or something like that, if that would... Yeah, I don't know. Um, who he is, but maybe, maybe we'll just have to wait and see. Yeah, and that might be something that I'm I'm guessing something we're going to learn or find out more about. Um, And I mean, they could be Mandalorians, but we just we we just haven't been introduced to them or know who they are to know that. And like I said, we like in that scene we see in that flashback, we don't really know where they're at or what's going on. So definitely could have been on Mandalore or something that that is taking place, um, even. And so. Just be interesting. Yeah, it'll be interesting to dive more into that background for Din and see what's going on there. So, and I think other thing, like, as you think about like season three, like, what do you think, like, what role do you think um, Bo Katana is going to play within season three of The Mandalorian? I'm quiet because I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> You're good. I don't know. I mean, well, I guess I'm trying to think of what's the last thing we saw her part of in the end of the other season. So, where where we left off was where we left off was when they're on the uh, Moff Gideon's light cruiser. Okay, we left off there, and that's where they defeated the. Well, Luke came in and defeated the dark troopers. Dark troopers, and okay, yeah. Uh, and I guess at that point, was Bo-Katan like, was she encouraging Dinjarin to take the lightsaber, or not the lightsaber, the dark saber? So, I guess maybe the only thing I can think right now is that. It seems like she's in support of him taking it just because she knows that like he has taken it 
yeah. taking the Darksaber by winning in battle. So it seems like maybe she's going to play a role where she like is supporting him or promoting him or campaigning his leadership in uh, the Mandalore or in as you know, like ruler of Mandalore. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the other thing I was trying to think of is like I know this because I feel like this plays into it too. Like what what's trying to remember what goes on in in the Boba Fett series with, with him and the saber. Does he, he trains with it. Um, lose it there for a moment and then get it back or something like that. Or yeah, I think so. He kind of loses it to someone in the clan there. Cause he goes back and sees the armor. They're in a different location. And, That sort of thing. And I, I think one interesting thing about that interaction is he almost gets scolded by the armorer for taking his helmet off when she asked. Um, oh, because yeah. she asked. So, like, that's, I think that's very telling, too. Like, maybe where this could be going and him leaving the watch or them trying to explore that and figure that out as well. So, I guess if he leaves the watch, that seems like one of the only other Mandalorians he's familiar with is Bo Katan. So, he maybe. In search of Bo-Katan for like guidance, even like yeah, knowing that she's knows more than him. Here's my question, because I don't remember. Like I said, I know I've watched the trailer. What do we see of Bo-Katan in the trailer? Do we see much of anything, or do we just see her? I think we see her. We also see a lot of. We see like other Mandalorians too. I think some Mandalorians we haven't seen, um, and so like there's a few shots of like just groups of Mandalorians. So I'm also wondering if we're going to see just more Mandalorians or Mandalorians kind of rallying around Din or something of that nature, even as well. Um, and I think, yeah. So, I mean, I think we see a few shots, but I don't think we necessarily see her doing anything specific from my knowledge. That's like kind of like raises eyebrow or anything. Yeah. I guess I, if we're going to see more Mandalorians, I kind of hope that Sabine comes into play here at some point, which I feel like yeah, maybe she could show up in Mandalorian or I guess if not there in the Ahsoka show coming yep. up later. Yeah, so yeah, that's a that's a very interesting uh, thing you said there. So was actually I was talking to when I was um, doing my podcast last week with uh, – Big T and Little T, that's something we actually kind of talked about if Sabine would show up, <clears throat> which it seems like it definitely could, um, just for the fact that um, she's already casted for Ahsoka. Um, so it definitely wouldn't be out of the question for her to just show up for the Mandalorian season three, too. Um, and so I think that um, I think that is definitely like definitely a possibility to see, see Sabine um, come in and play a role um, with that. And I think also knowing like Sabine is kind of on the same trajectory as Ahsoka in looking for um, uh, Grand Admiral Thrawn. And so I think like knowing that, like, surely Sabine and Ahsoka have been in contact with each other since we've seen Ahsoka. And season in the Mandalorian and Book of Boba Fett and things. And so, like, 
I feel like she has to be around, even though we haven't seen her on screen or mentioned, but I definitely think she could show up. Um, the connections are there. The the um, I don't know who the actor actress is, but I know the actress has been casted for Sabine, so I think it's definitely a possibility. Yeah, I know we're talking about The Mandalorian, and I am excited for that, but I think I'm even more excited, hopefully not too excited, for Ahsoka. I, I would agree. <laughs> like, what sort of things could happen, and I feel like if they don't, I'd be very disappointed. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I think Ahsoka series is going to be good. I, actually, um, it was awesome. Somebody mentioned the other day about, like, uh, the so out of, at the end of season two of The Mandalorian, then we kind of got that, like, extra scenes trailer for Book of Boba Fett. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if we get a Ahsoka glimpse at the end of this season of Mandalorian. Um, and also just even like this sets up the next season of Mandalorian as well, uh, or sets up even Ahsoka show in some ways. And that's another thing I think we mentioned or talked about off podcast before this, but just like the role that Ahsoka could play in this as well knowing Ahsoka's connection to Sabine, knowing Ahsoka was at the Siege of Mandalore with Bo-Katan, um, and has been on Mandalore and dealt with Mandalorian several other times. And so, like, Sabine has this, or not a Sabine, but Ahsoka definitely has a connection to Mandalore um, and certain Mandalorians a lot more than others. And so I think that could also be, like, does Ahsoka play a role within season three of a Mandalorian as well? Yeah. So. Yeah, I guess when you say that, I, can you mention it? You compared it to like Boba, the teaser for Boba Fett. I feel like, I, I think a lot of people said this, but like the Boba Fett series felt like Mandalorian 2.5. I hope yeah. the Ahsoka series doesn't feel just like a extra piece of the Mandalorian series. Yeah. I hope it's like its own own thing not like mandalorian three and a half <laughs> yeah i feel like it has to be especially just knowing like i feel like book of boba fett we didn't have a good like rap on like potential setup for a story like in this in season like for ahsoka we do like we know yeah. we know so like i mean they're casting ezra they're casting Sabine, and um, I'm guess I want to be surprised if they have Hera casted. I don't know for sure, but like some of these others, we're getting like they're actually casting, and so I think knowing like there's a st- there's a good storyline already set up that ends at the end of Rebels. That's Sabine and Ahsoka going to look for Ezra, um, and we've seen that mentioned already in season two of The Mandalorian. And so it'll be interesting to see how, like, I feel like it has to have a bigger story arc um, in that sense as well. Yeah, I hope so. So, yeah, because I feel like Book of Boba Fett, we didn't necessarily have, like, a set direction they had to go. Like, it was kind of wide open. Yeah, and maybe that was its downfall in some ways, or at least in my opinion. Yeah. (laughs) That we didn't didn't have a whole lot of direction and didn't go a whole... Go, didn't go a whole lot of anywhere. I mean, <laughs> yep, kind of I agree. Lot, anyways, but anyways, yeah. all kind of off topic since we're here talking about Bo-Katan, but I don't know that I have anything else to say about her. I guess I'm just not sure what we're gonna 
I, just, I guess I'm not sure what we're going to see from her. Or She does feel like a major character, but I feel like some of these other people we've mentioned that could have even larger or more significant impacts than her. Mm-hmm. So Yeah. Yeah, and I think... Yeah, I think she'll play... I Like you said, I almost feel like she's going to play like a... I don't know what you say. like Because, I mean, even in... Um, season two of Mandalorian, she is trying to kind of persuade Din to come and help them reunite or bring the Mandalorians back together. And so I think she's going to kind of become an advisor or even potentially kind of right-hand person for Din as he goes through this and figures it out. And I think it'll also be kind of like, it makes sense too, because like, like I said, like Din doesn't seem to have as much knowledge of Mandalorians and the culture where like Bo Katan does. So like it would he it would make sense for her to be that person to help him out and figure those things out as he goes about all that. So um and that sort of thing. Other thing I want to bring up real quick at the end here, um, and I don't think I mentioned this, but so we also know that the Mandalorians have had devices in the past, past, past to kind of contain Force users, um, and we see that in season seven with Maul, um, and it's mentioned that that was the last one that, that had been kept around. But so the, I know that seems like Mandalorian kind of has this push shove with Force users and the Sith and. Um, especially if you dive into Legends material and like Old Republic, there's a lot of that. So I don't know if some of that could get brought in. But anyways, I think it'll be interesting to see, especially if Din becomes kind of the leader of Mandalore, or also known as the Mandalore, which would be like known as the leader. Like, is there any frowning upon Grogu because he has Force connections? Um, and that sort of thing. I, I think that could be an interesting storyline to play out as well just because of that. And even just what like Bo-Katan's thoughts and other Mandalorian's thoughts are on Grogu as they dive into that. Even though Grogu has chosen Din, as we saw in Book of Boba Fett, it still like could have some complications. Yeah, that's true. I Well, I guess you said that in the Siege of Mandalore, they used this called a machine to inhibit force users. They use it against Maul. Yeah, so well, kind of, but it's like to um, contain them. So, do you know when they like after the siege, after Maul's been captured, captured when Ahsoka um, kind of holds them in the air when they're up in the sky, and they bring them down. So then after that, when they're loading him on to the ship where Ahsoka's going to escort him back to the course hunt. And there's that, um, like, he's in this, like, box thing. Okay, I don't remember exactly, but okay. Okay. Um, but that's, I think, this idea, like, the and Bo-Katan mentions, like, something to Ahsoka about back when we had reason to fight you guys and do... Uh, definitely like contain you guys as speaking to in the sense of force users and that sort of thing. And so, which is definitely a reference back to like old Republic and a long history of fighting against Jedi and kind of be in, being enemies at some point 
and that sort of thing. So I just I think that could be an interesting thing that plays out in this and seeing what Bo Katan's thoughts of Grogu are. Yeah, that's true. I guess I when we first when I first started watching The Mandalorian, even in the first season, I think they mentioned or one of the things that they mentioned is like how the Mandalorian and Jedi are enemies. And at that point I didn't know anything about Mandalorian. So that really intrigued me. I was like, oh my gosh. Yeah. It's weird to like think of someone who's an enemy of the Jedi that's not the Sith. Hmm. So yeah. and now that we're I guess I know a lot more about Mandalorians now, but uh it's just interest that's like you know an interesting dynamic or interesting yeah. like relationship. Yeah, and, yeah actually in Legends, the Sith Empire and like Old Republic had um, kind of paid off the Mandalorians to join the Sith um, and fight against the Jedi. Um, and so I think that's another interesting thing that I hope we get to see a little bit more is like in like Old Republic, like you almost had three powerhouses between the Jedi, Sith, and Mandalorians were like kind of a third powerhouse and that really had no direction, but were willing to work for money and yeah. kind of crazy and had their own um kind of own mandalorian empire to say so but like even if we'll see kind of this like the mandalorians come back together to be a very strong power in the galaxy um within uh, that i think could be a possibility within season three as well I would, but, yeah, I would be very excited to see it. Yeah, I would love it. to see that, but we'll see. So, um, anything else before we end, Thomas? I don't think so. Alright, at all. So, you you said you were more. Are you excited for? How excited are you for season three of Mandalorian? Like on a scale of one to ten, or something? Yeah, on a scale of one to ten. Uh, <laughs> I'm hesitant because, like I said, I think I'm, I think I'm more excited for Ahsoka. Yeah. So if I'm like excited for Ahsoka like a ten, then I'm probably excited for the Mandalorian like an eight and a half or something. Yeah. <laughs> I'd say I'm pretty similar. Um, I do think there, I see some potential with Mandalorian season three that this could be my favorite season of it, um, especially if they dive into a lot more lore. So that could bump up there depending on what happens, but. We'll see. So I think it'll be good. So thanks for joining me, Thomas, and hanging out and talking some Bo-Katan and Mandalorian. Um, So it was good to have you. Yeah, thanks for having me. All right, guys. Thanks for joining us for another podcast and another episode. And as always, we are going to keep doing some Mandalorian here in February and get excited for season three. So we got more stuff coming up next couple weeks. And you guys can find Ike's Flame on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook and mostly active on Instagram. And come check us out and love to connect and communicate with you guys as well. So um, hope you guys enjoyed this episode. And like we always like to say here on Ike's Flame, light the fire. Have a great week. <laughs>